morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this uh, Wednesday today. It felt like a Thursday. Johnny Crypto is in the background. Obviously, we're at the lake house. And we got Jeremy, the financial wizard, filling in for us on this Wednesday. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC is publicly stating the judge was wrong in some factors of the Ripple resolution, now setting their intentions to further review the court's decision. Elon Musk has officially begun the era of X, announcing Twitter will be X.com. As the Fed now services live in America, we explain how this process is not what it seems. And with the digital transformation of a lifetime already upon us, we break down the details, showing our community how institutions are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto is in the background, guys, but we've got Jeremy joining us as well. And we're going first to Gonzo. Gonzo, I haven't got a chance to talk to you since your cruise, but first of all, how are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Um, I'm feeling good. Good morning, everybody. I'm still um, kind of recovering. Uh, I lost my voice and I got a little sick. But uh, I, I feel really good, man. Feel really, uh, you know, I missed you guys. Uh, you know, I was totally unplugged for, the, for like basically like two weeks. So I've just been kind of like catching up on my research and, and my work. And, and uh, yeah, the, the only crappy part that's been is because I came back kind of sick. I haven't gotten to see my, my granddaughter, but uh, my daughter's been FaceTiming me. So hopefully here in the next few days, uh, once this cough goes away, uh, I'll go spend some time with her. But yeah, man, just really excited to be here with you guys. Um, I, I know it's going to be a great show and, uh, yeah. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got Jeremy in the building as well. Jeremy, they call you the financial wizard, but today we're calling you the Italian stallion. Oh so my thanks God. for being here. And how you feeling, Jeremy? I'm feeling sticky as hell. It is, I am not used to humidity in any way whatsoever. So whenever I come out to Connecticut, it takes me like two or three days to get used to this amazing humidity, but it's gorgeous out here by the lake and Johnny should be finishing up here. He's, he adds, uh, personal stuff that he had to attend to. So I am going to be the Italian Stalin. So if I do any, if I say anything that I want to say, it'll probably be taken inappropriately. So I'm just going to leave it as Italian Stalin for the day. Thank you so much, guys. And we already got 244 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to get the show started the same way we always do by checking out our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We're about 70 followers away from 5,000. When we look at the Bitcoin fear and greed index, I forgot I'm on my laptop. So we're going to have to go to the cryptocurrencies this morning. We are sitting at 1.18 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 49% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got the Bitcoin fear and greed index sitting in neutral this morning at a 52. And when we look at the price, we're sitting at 29,200. Ethereum, 1850 and XRP back above 70 cents this morning, which is really exciting for our listeners. And guys, we're going to get this show started right by going directly into what everyone came for. This is the latest update from the Ripple lawsuit and specifically from Stuart Alderati because he believes we're going to see the SEC appeal. You don't look at the asset still. You look at the way the asset was sold and you look at the relationship between the seller and the buyer. And in some cases, that relationship may uh, show that you have a contract that has with it other promises. So you're selling 
not only the token, but you're selling a collection or a bundle of promises. And it's that collection or bundle of promises that make up the investment contract, not the token itself. And that's the piece I think that is really, really important. And that's the piece that I think really exposes the SEC's theory here, which has no foundation in the law that a digital asset can in and of itself be a digital asset security. And I think the biggest part of this ruling, Gonzo, is what we call the Ethereum expert of this group is the fact that anybody who participated in the Ethereum ICO bought in a legal security. And there is going to be a day where I think they're held accountable. But I'd love to hear, with Stuart Alderati saying he's expecting an appeal from the SEC, what are you anticipating? We're about to play a John Deaton video explaining. You know, I'm, you know I keep going back and forth, Abs, because – you know, when you listen to the experts, and by no means are, are we legal experts, but like, you know, we've had Jeremy Hogan on the show, and John Deaton does a really good job of kind of bringing in his expertise. And the things that he's talked about is before we get even any type of like appeal, you still need to get the resolution of the, the jury trial that needs to come up, right? That's the aiding and abetting charge. Even though that we know it's BS, that still kind of needs to get resolved because they can't appeal uh, pieces of it. They have to appeal it all at once. The other thing that John Deaton talked about, and I'm sure you'll show it on his video, is the whole thing about before it even gets appealed, it could get sent back to the judge. Because the way the judge broke down the decision is she didn't apply all three prongs of the Howey test. She only, prong, she only applied like one prong, and that was enough. So even before you go to an appeal process, it can get kicked back to her, and then she can go ahead and apply the other prongs to the different sections of her decisions. So I still think we're kind of a ways away People are expecting like this thing's going to happen quickly, but just like we didn't get the resolution very fast, I don't think we're going to get this appeal thing that's going to play out very fast. I think it's going to take time. Jeremy, and there's a lot of speculation going on about when we're going to see American banks start live start leveraging XRP for on-demand liquidity. With this ruling off our back, there's really no catalyst holding us back, and I'm going to come to you first after this video. This is John Deaton explaining why the SEC is most likely not going to appeal even though Stuart Alderati thinks that's what's taking place. And some that say, listen, this decision is going to impact our case against Coinbase, which is in the same district, the Southern District of New York. And yes, it's true that the judge in the Coinbase case can completely disagree with Judge Torres, but we've already read the transcript and she's saying things similar to what Judge Torres and Judge Netburn said. So remember that Judge Torres cited a fellow Southern District New York judge, Judge Castell, who had the Telegram case in her decision. And so I'd be surprised if one of these other fellow judges are going to just flat out have this wholehearted disagreement with Judge Torres. So there's going to be people at the SEC that say we have to appeal this decision because of its impact on the Coinbase litigation and other litigation. I don't know which way they're going to go. Uh, if I were there, I would be in the camp of don't appeal it. If I worked at the SEC and just go with your fact and circumstance and try to distinguish XRP on the facts. Uh, but there are others who disagree uh, because of the impact it has on the regulation by enforcement. But know this, if the Second Circuit agrees with Judge Torres, then regulation by enforcement on crypto is dead. 
because the entire Second Circuit would be governed by that decision. And I can assure you that even judges in other circuits, like the guy in in library in the First Circuit or in Seattle in the Ninth Circuit, that Second Circuit decision would have not binding precedent, but it would be massively persuasive. And Gonzo, we've been talking about this for quite a while. The reason the SEC may not appeal is then they can take that ruling and use it against other cryptocurrency projects. But John Dean explains something that's even more important. With this ruling, the SEC cannot go after crypto exchanges. That includes Coinbase, Binance, Crypto.com. They are all offering legal products and not unregistered securities. So, Jeremy, I'd love to start with you and we'll kick it to Gonzo. What does this video mean to you? So I think that he's got a good, a good, he's got a few good points. I obviously we're not lawyers, um, but I think that um, I think that the the main point that's that's beneficial here is the fact that it depends on how they want to go after the exchanges. Like you said, if this ruling stays and they don't do anything, it it means that all of the exchanges are off, you know, off the they have to come up with some other way to go after like Coinbase, right? So it hurts the litigation that is against Coinbase. To do the appeal, they would have to appeal it. They would have to make a good case where it doesn't seem like, I mean, as far as the initial, like the XRP being on the secondary market, it's obviously not, it's not a security. So I don't know if they have a real case against that. So they may not do it, which means that they're going to have to find another way to go after the exchanges to create other type of regulation there. Or this is what ushers in the new way in which we look at it. And it says, look, if it's on a secondary market, it's not going to be a security. But like you had said earlier, things like Ethereum, when they do that coin offering and they go after private investors and it's packaged together for them to raise money to get their project going, then in those instances, those are securities, which means that the SEC is going to create new policies and procedures that have to go into place for companies to do that. So like if we created, you know, a warrior coin, right, and it wasn't going on a, a secondary market or on a, an exchange for it to pull from, right, and we were going to private investors to raise money, they would put something in place, kind of like how they they do now with like 506Bs, like how you you notify them of it, of what's happening. They would have something in that in that realm that says that you have to do this if you're going to be raising that money, or you do have to give all of the same information if you were going public, and you would have to provide all of that to the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. So I, yeah. it all depends on how they want to move forward with it. And Jeremy, what's really interesting is Johnny broke down how expensive that whole process can be just to get an oh application in quarter of a million dollars if you'd like to get your sec approved unregistered security and gonzo we got 360 live listeners already joining us show us some love smash that like button and we are live from the lake house but you're gonna have to wait to the end of the episode to see if johnny crypto backflips into the lake but with that being said guys here's a brief video discussing the xrp versus ripple ruling and how this changes everything for the industry i'm sure some people are going to say that yes this is the precedent they're looking at but I, yeah, given the uncertainty around the appeal, um, and the fact that you know quite a few crypto lawyers are even saying that the appeal itself, or sorry, the decision itself, uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to them. I think most likely a lot of attorneys, a lot of projects, going to say, okay, we're going to have to continue waiting and seeing, and either a hope that Congress does something more concrete in that time, or b see if the SEC itself decides to provide some you know rulemaking or other forms of guidance that they can point to. 
Well, Gonzo, why would we trust the SEC to create solid regulation when every company they've come in and applied has walked out with a lawsuit and times are quickly changing for the industry within the United States? We are going to show you an article later this episode discussing how Bank of America is not certain that the industry has clarity after the Ripple ruling, but this could all be changing in the next six to eight months, Gonzo. So before I get into it, what's it mean to you, my friend? Yeah, you know, it's it's a conundrum, right? Because Right now, it's just a ruling by a federal judge that they can still, the SEC can still go after other projects. And then those projects, when they defend themselves, they can refer back. If they appeal it and they lose, then it becomes something that's binding, right? And then it becomes almost like case law and they're kind of screwed. So it just depends on kind of how bad they want to go after the exchanges to see if they're really going to appeal this thing or not, because it's a huge gamble. You know, you try to apply common sense, but if you apply common sense, then they never would have sued Ripple to begin with, right? And so it really comes down to like, are you in the belief that the whole point of this was to create a new Howie test, to create a Ripple test? Because if you're in that belief, then they're going to appeal, right? Because then that's that was the whole point to begin with then for them to appeal, to go to the Second Circuit and possibly all the way up to the Supreme Court to now make a new Howie test. So it just depends on, on what you believe. But I do think it's going to take, like I said before, these things don't happen fast. And then the other comment that he made, in my experience with my job with judges, he's spot on. Judges don't like to go against other judges. Once a judge makes a decision, most of those uh, judges just kind of fall in line with that decision. They don't like to go against each other. Anything is possible. But when you look at the trend, most of the time, once a judge makes a ruling, the other judges are kind of just kind of back that play. Absolutely, Gonzo. And I love this comment we got here from Mentelect, Jeremy. It said, never assume that corrupt people are stupid. It's one of the most powerful cards they have to play. And this is what's happening this week in America, guys. With the Ripple ruling, it's moving the entire industry forward, but it's also impacted Congress, who, believe it or not, has the authority to create crypto rules, sorry, crypto rules, not the SEC. And the U.S. House of Republicans introduced crypto oversight bill with changes from its June draft. And Jeremy, saving our users the boring details, this is giving institutions the green light to start leveraging some of the crypto technology that exists today while also addressing the concerns of FTX and Tether. So the real question I have for you is, do you believe with the election year coming up and all the division we have in America today, are we going to see a crypto legislative bill passed in the next 12 months? Uh, I think that we will have it where, so I think what's going to happen is you're going to get a, it's going to become a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a split between left and right on what type of regulation it should be. So like with DeSantis saying that there's never going to be a CBDC in Florida, right? I think that when we create, when they go after this, they're going to, it's going to be a really big topic and they're going to leverage regulation to push each side of whatever the agenda is of the, the each side of it. Right. And so, so I think that from a political standpoint, you're going to see a lot of more of, of the right talk about it being more that we don't need to have CBDCs. It needs to be a free market, things of that nature. And then you're going to have a lot of people on the left saying, well, these are all the people that got wrecked in crypto. These are all the things that happen. It needs to be more regulated. We need to have a CBDC. And that's going to become a split for what's happening. Um, 
in the in the economy. And so that's going to be a political conversation that's going to be one of the narratives and it's going to become a bipartisan issue that is going to be the main basis of how we're moving forward with this. So you're going to have people like Elizabeth Warren going out there and hardcore going against going for a CBDC and you're going to have, you know, people on the right um saying that we don't need it and you'll probably even have some people on the left like uh uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who's probably going to be like, we don't need a CBDC. We need to have it as a free market. So it again, it all depends on what people actually want and what thinks they're thinking is going to be the best for the best for the market um, or for the economy. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing too, I just wanted to add. Uh, but what this does though is it cre- with with the ability to move forward with this, it's going and and lots of partnerships happening like with Microsoft and with Ripple or Azure and Ripple, you're going to start seeing the banks. They don't want to probably create their own technology. They're going to probably wait and see if some of the technology companies create create structures that they can use and then they can implement those things into our banking system. And that's how the financial rails are going to start to change. So I think that if we keep going down this pathway, you will see eventually banks start to use XRP and some fashion, or at least something that is a, a mix of technology from large technology companies along with Ripple. Jeremy, and we got 396 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I want to say thank you to Gonzo and Jeremy for both making time for us this morning. These are the type of headlines we've been waiting for for almost three years in the XRP community. And now they're starting to hit the mainstream news as CNBC Squawk Box put up this headline earlier today. The ripple effect, a new wave in digital asset regulation. And it really did get the ball rolling over these last couple weeks, Gonzo. So I want to get the live chat involved here. Guys, give me a one in the live chat if you believe the SEC is going to appeal. Give me a two in the live chat if you think we're going to see some sort of settlement between Ripple and the SEC. And Gonzo, there's a great video we're going to play in regards to American regulation. But right before we do, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Stuart Alderati said in quarter three, he's anticipating banks could start using XRP. Do you believe we have the regulation to give these banks the green light? You know, um, it, it does seem that way. But like Johnny always talks about with technology, this isn't something that like all of a sudden I think that they're all, all of a sudden just start working on. I think that they've been working on this for a while and now they're just waiting for that regulatory clarity to kind of roll it out. Because it's not like with technology, you see this with Merlin, right, where we've been doing all this beta testing and we've been getting – uh, you know, the little bugs out and fine tuning it so that it's as close as perfect to possible before we kind of roll it out to mainstream. So I think it's kind of the same thing with the banks. I think they've been messing with this technology for a while now. And then now they're just waiting for the regulatory clarity to kind of roll it out. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I do, I do, and I'm not an expert, it's just my opinion. But yeah, I, I do think we're going to start seeing announcements of these banks implementing it in some way or some fashion. Absolutely, guys. And check out this latest graphic we found on Twitter this weekend, breaking down exactly how much money is sitting on the sidelines and ready to enter this market. BlackRock is currently managing $9.6 trillion in assets. Vanguard has $8 trillion. Fidelity has $4 trillion. And UBS coming down here at $4 trillion. But when we go further down the list, we can see lots of banks that Ripple's been connected to. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, And with Larry Fink changing his tone on Twitter last week or on crypto, this is why I believe we are seeing a shift from um, uh, American regulators. Big money is ready to enter the market. And if anybody understands that, it's our government. So with that being said, here's a quick breakdown of the regulatory bills that are now in place. 
This morning, the House will begin the markup of two new digital asset bills uh, crafted by the Agriculture and Financial Services Committees. The bills seek to establish a regulatory framework for crypto and spur innovation while protecting consumers and market participants. Joining us now with the details, Congressman French Hill, Vice Chair of the Financial Services Committee and Chair of the Digital Assets Subcommittee. He has an op-ed in the Hill laying out the ideas behind his digital assets regulatory framework. I don't want to get too excited. But I actually do want to get excited, uh, Congressman. It, but but this, um, what are its chances? And is, is this finally it? It's bipartisan, right? Well, Joe, uh, good morning. Yes, we've worked very hard. We worked for over a year on a bill with our Democratic colleagues and with the Biden administration to find a pathway to have stable coin legislation where we actually define what is a stable coin. How are they measured? How are they audited? Uh, how are they reported? How are investors protected? And that bill is one we continue to uh, work on and we will bring it to markup this week. And secondly, we have this regulatory framework overall that deals with what is a digital asset? Is it a security? Is it a commodity? How do you trade those? Where do they trade? Is it traded on a commodity exchange or on a securities exchange? And how are investors again protected and how are innovators able to bring those uh, entities to the market? Who's in charge? Al Haig, do we know who's in charge? Who's in charge of, of crypto? Who's, I think he passed away finally, didn't he? But who, who's in charge of crypto yeah. in this country? Is it right. Gensler? Is it Congress? Is it the CFTC? Do you have any idea? Yeah, what Congress authorizes in these bills is uh, we allow for a stable coin to be issued uh, at the states under a state regulatory scheme that's supervised by the Federal Reserve and Federal Reserve high standards. Uh, and so that's the pathway. It can be either a federal pathway or a state pathway. And then for crypto generally, if it's a security, the SEC uh, is in charge. If it's a commodity, the CFTC is in charge. And people can be duly registered to trade uh, these entities on the proper exchange, a commodity exchange or a securities exchange. And guys, we are going to pl play the remainder of this video, but we got 444 live listeners here. That is synchronicity, my friends. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, this is what caught my attention within this video. He asked him who was in charge, and the man didn't answer the question. But what he did say is that you can have an asset that can be a commodity and a security. I think he's taking that directly from the Ripple ruling. Some of the sales qualify as a commodity. Some of the sales directly to institutions are securities. But crypto in and of itself is neither. It's a financial product. It can operate as both. So before I play the end of this, what do you take away from that, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, going back to your question that you'd asked before, you know, I, I do think we're going to get some kind of uh, like something from Congress in the next 12 months, right? Because they always say the same thing. They say, well, if it's a security, then the SEC will govern it. If it's a commodity, CFTC. Well, duh, right? The issue is that we don't have the guidelines to tell us what actually makes it a security or what makes it a commodity because like you said it's technology right it morphs and so sometimes it could be a security and sometimes it could be a commodity and so i do think that we're going to get something that's very basic kind of like what we saw in the uk with mika right um because we you know we have fallen behind when you when you think about like regulatory clarity you're, you're thinking about singapore hong kong is now coming to the fray in the uk so I think they're starting to see that. And you see that just like with the messaging in, in, in mainstream media, it's gone from this is for money launderers and terrorists and all of that. And now since the, since the ripple ruling has come out, mainstream media has grabbed onto this. And now we're starting to see it put in a positive light. So I think that's kind of telling us that 
we're going to get something from Congress here now in the next 12 months. That's just my opinion. <clears throat> and Gonzo, I think it's time to act because as we look around the rest of the world, everyone else is creating solid regulation and not suing legitimate projects. But our SEC is going after one of the most prominent projects in the market and the third largest market cap. So it's really reassuring to me that at least regulation still works and the SEC can't just destroy this industry. We're going to play. The, we're going to play the remainder of this clip and go straight to Jeremy. Here we go. Put to rest. What is that test? The so-called Howey test on how somebody determines if an asset, a digital asset, is a security or is a commodity. And we think that brings a lot of clarity to the market, both for innovators, entrepreneurs, but also for investors, so that they finally have the protection that they need that they have not seen uh, due to the FTX collapse and a lot of the other crises that we faced in the uh, crypto environment. Um, is Do you talk to Chair Gensler about how to do this? I, I think last time I, I may have asked you that, and you said, yeah, if you're in contact with everyone, but huh. is there a consensus on, on which way to go on this? I still don't feel that confident it's going to be this year, for example. We are going to work hard to get it out of committee this week and, and create consensus to pass it in the House. And then we're working with our Senate colleagues on what path they prefer, because we need the stability of a regulatory framework. We need a statutory regulatory framework, because I don't think that the SEC has the fit for purpose statutory authorities to do what they need to do. And we know for a fact in talking to Chairman Benham at the CFTC, the Commodities and Future Trading Commission, that they don't have the statutory authority that they need. So this will bring clarity to the market and give the direction to the SEC and the CFTC. What's the right regulatory framework? Well, let me ask you something even more important, Jeremy. Why aren't we having the conversation about starting a new regulatory body specifically to regulate cryptocurrencies? I'd love to hear what it means to you and then feel free to answer that question. So I did want to make I did want to say one thing. Whatever happened with inside of the case of Ripple and the determination of what was a security or not, I like that they like to use that and they said that we want to make sure that those same things don't happen like in the case of FTX. Having that type of freaking regulatory clarity is not going to have helped anything that happened with FTX in any way whatsoever unless that regulatory body has direct ability to govern what is happening on any type of exchange. And again, I don't think that anything that happened in the Ripple ruling will allow that to specifically happen. Um, but anyway, so I just wanted to make that clear because that does not yeah. help that in any way whatsoever. Um, and then what was the other question, Abs? I'm sorry. Why aren't they discussing creating a regulatory body specifically oh. for crypto instead of giving the SEC control of this market or the Commodities Futures Trading Commission? I don't know if there's why they're not doing it. What I can say is that they should probably do it and we would have that group house it. I know that they have the, I think that they have the committee committee on the digital assets, but I could be wrong on that. So don't quote me. Um, but so I think that, I think it's more along the lines is that they need to get their shit together, to be honest, and figure out exactly what's going to govern what. And that's what they should do. Or if if they wanted to keep it where the SEC looks at things that are securities and the, the FTC looks at what's the um, are the commodities. Right. That's fine. But then what they could do is they could create a governing body that oversights that when it comes in to decide where each one's going to go because what kind of fucking excuse my language but shit show is it going to be if every time something comes in who's going to sit down and decide what goes where there has to be something that says okay how they're doing this 
This is a security. Let the SEC govern it. This is a commodity. Let the FTC govern it. With or or like you're saying, Abs, the better way to do that is to just create its own governing body, and then they can have rules in place if it's a security and rules in place if it's a commodity that then they then govern moving forward. So I don't know what the why is, um, but we just need some better leaders. Jeremy, keep in mind, back in 2020 when Rosie Rios first joined Ripple, she said the train has already left the station, and here we are three years later with a brand new update out of Ripple yesterday. Our survey from Ripple found that over 70% of global financial leaders say their confidence in the industry increased over the past six months and 50% plan to leverage crypto for payments in the near future. Guys, here's Ripple's latest update. There's no doubt that 2022 was a momentous year in the world of crypto and blockchain. But even in spite of market turbulence, there's confidence in utilizing these underlying technologies for business applications. Our global survey found that more than 70% of finance leaders say their confidence in the crypto industry has actually increased in the past six months. And over half of these enterprise respondents plan to leverage crypto for payments. So what's driving this optimism? One thing's for certain, there is growing consumer demand and interest in crypto and blockchain technology, signaling a shift towards more mature, real-world use cases for financial institutions and businesses. For an exclusive look at other crypto for business trends, read more in Ripple's 2023 New Value Report. You can go and check it out yourselves, or you can tune into Good Morning Crypto, and we'll do that research for you. But we got 469 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, what I really want to do is tie this to the Ripple ruling. Ever since we got the ruling from Judge Torres last week, Ripple has been extremely optimistic about the United States markets. Here, they're addressing global markets. 70% of global institutions are moving into cryptocurrency, and we can confirm, guys, BlackRock, Fidelity, JP Morgan, we cover it on this show every single week. Those are the names that are moving in. So this is the moment everyone's been waiting for, Gonzo. What do you take away from this latest report out of Ripple? Um, I think it's super bullish. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great thing. I, I think that uh, there's Johnny. What's up, Johnny? Um, uh, what I'm excited about Johnny's is- here to do his backflip. I'm just letting you know. So whenever we're ready to do the backflip. <laughs> I thought we were doing that <laughs> on ahead, Friday. No, nah, we are doing it on Friday. Gonzo, go on. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, so I, I think that um, what I'm excited about is like, and you hear Brad Garland as he talked about this in several interviews, is now that this thing is done, it's the innovation that's to come, right? Like we already know uh, uh, the, the use case uh, for XRP and, um, you know, cross-border payments and all that stuff, but it's what they haven't created yet that now they're going to be able to create, right? Now that they have regulatory clarity that um, institutions or companies will not be afraid to come in and build some new technology on top of it, on top of the XRPL and find different use cases for XRP. There, there are really big things to come. And so that, that's what I'm excited about. So definitely, uh, you know, super bullish. And then just one comment, uh, when you had asked the question of who's in charge, I forgot who it was now, said it was Larry Fink. I totally agree with that. Absolutely, that, that's in charge. All you had to do is see BlackRock jumping into the fray for the Bitcoin ETF and just see how the the sentiment of everything and mainstream media just shifted after that point. 
Gonzo, you're spot on. And guys, people are asking where Johnny Crypto's lake house is. You're you're making his nightmares come to fruition. He almost didn't let me record here because he was worried about that. So please do not track Johnny Crypto down. He's incognito for the week. We got 480 live listeners here, Jeremy. And this is what I really want to focus on. Today, the cryptocurrency market is sitting at $1.2 trillion. BlackRock itself manages over $9 trillion. And what they said earlier this week is that when they launched their Bitcoin ETF, the optimal Bitcoin application is 85% of their new ETF will have Bitcoin. That is a humongous number. And if we even see 1% of portfolio allocation end up into this market, double, triple, quadruple, that's how we get to 7 to $12 trillion in market cap, Jeremy. I'd love to hear what it means to you. So I, it's, it's very, so exchange traded funds are designed to diversify a sector but the, that, that diversification is just going to be Bitcoin inside of that ETF. <laughs> um, so, Crazy. Um, but that being said, though, the reason why it's probably so high is because of what you're saying and pushing that market cap higher. Because if what we know, what what I believe to be true, and again, this is my opinion, what I believe to be true is that the banks and the hedge funds and the, the asset managers, they're the ones that create all of the manipulation that's inside of the price of anything because it benefits them in the long run, which means that they have a plan in place in my mind where Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in market cap is just going to go through the roof and then it's going to make all of them rich. And then I guess the people that have their exchange traded funds rich as well. But this is a clear indicator that where we are going with cryptocurrency is that it is going to become a main asset class moving forward. And Jeremy, one more follow-up question here. Obviously, yeah. you used to work in the banking industry for like 20 years, for anybody who doesn't know, and he's earned the name Financial Wizard years. for a reason. <laughs> I'm going to say 20 years, Jeremy. And one of the things that oh, I focused on is the remaining 15% here, right? It can't be all Ethereum. So what do you think they're going to incorporate into the additional 12 to 15% of this ETF? Well, one of my favorite things about uh, Merlin... Um, and not to like plug Merlin here, um, but everyone go sign up for the wait list. Please but do. For Merlin, one of my favorite things about Merlin that Johnny made our, our, our chief technology officer do, which is brilliant, is that on our markets page, it actually goes through the most market capped um, coins. So like you'll see BTC, you'll see ETH, and then the third one goes back and forth. But what we've noticed since this case has finalized with Ripple, XRP is highly becoming that third largest market cap against BTC and ETH. So in my mind, I would imagine that XRP is going to be a main bucket inside inside of that 15%. Ethereum is going to be a main bucket inside of that. And then it's going to be whatever the larger market caps are. Because traditionally, if you look at just how ETFs are in general, if you go and look at it, it, um, it, it any of the sectors, whether it's construction or technology or whatever, it's just those largest companies make up those main pieces. And then they drittle down to like some of the smaller main market caps inside of whatever that sector is. So I hands down think that it's definitely going to be Ethereum and um, XRP inside of those ETFs. Absolutely, Jeremy. And somebody asked, will Merlin list stable coins at the top? I believe the answer to that is no. We are only tracking non-stable products for those top three currencies. Am I right about that, Jeremy? Um, you know what? I have a master of, a, I guess, the most knowledgeable person about that right here who helped design that app. Let me ask Johnny Crypto. Um, Johnny, the one of the listeners, they asked. I don't um, think so. I don't think we're only 
we're not just tracking stable coins at the top for market cap. So if it's a non-stable coin and that be, that market cap gets higher, it's is it going to list it or no? We ignore. It okay, so coins. yeah, so okay, Perfectly so we do we ignore we wait we There's ignore. No cares about well, it's it's going to be in the market list page, right? But in the charts, the three charts above where we capture the top yep. three cryptocurrencies by market cap, it'll only show cryptocurrencies, not stable coins. Okay, it'll only show cryptocurrencies in that top piece where it does it by market cap. Where the charts are, yeah. Absolutely. I think you guys, I don't know if you guys could hear him say that. Uh, I don't know how yeah, his could, mic yeah. works. <laughs> we could this. hear him. No, okay. we could hear him. We could totally Alan, hear so here's him. where I do want to switch topics to. The last Bitcoin topic I really have for today is the stock to flow chart. And clearly, we've got some catching up to do. Anticipating that the price is going to be above 100000 on the stock to flow by the by the beginning of March in 2024, that's really not that far away. And this is what something this is something that BlackRock could also be incorporating into their models. The stock to flow model has been lagging behind the last 12, 18 months, and it's only a matter of time. History speaks for itself. This model crosses above the gray line, which means undoubtedly, if we repeat, we will be over 100,000 in the next 12 months. Do you believe this stock to flow model before we get back to our Ripple news? Do I think that we're going to be over a hundred thousand in the next twelve months? Is that is that the question? Yes. I'm sorry. Yep. Um. So that would put us, uh, you know, after the Bitcoin halving, I I don't know. I I I I would I would venture to guess. I don't think so. I mean, when you look at how the Bitcoin ETF thing is all set up, we know that twenty one shares in Arc is the first application that's in right and so they're really the ones that whose clock has already started where you get these 45 day windows where the sec can uh delay deny or accept right and so that clock has already started for them and they get to their final stage on i think i believe it's january 10th of 2024 where the sec now has to either deny or accept right and so obviously anytime before that, they can just accept it. If they accept one, they're probably going to accept all of them, right? And so let's say they, they string it all out. And so we're looking at the end of next year and then we get the Bitcoin halving. So uh, I, I would, if I was venture to guess, I, I would say no. I, I, I don't think we'll be at 100 grand uh, 12 months from now. Absolutely, guys. And we got Coach JV and Johnny here. Johnny, JV, what's on your mind? What's up, Coach? Uh, I think it's the greatest time in human history. I'm not sure what we're talking about right now, but I'm at a lake house and having a great time. <laughs> Just get ready. For, all I'll tell you guys is uh, if you watch the video I did this morning, get ready for August, guys. A lot of things are going to be happening. Man, my shoulders look big. Look at Beast Mode. Beast Mode right there. Man, I don't want to stand next to him anymore. going to be here with his shirt off. So working um, come out here and take your shirt off. I turned the camera off for Johnny Crypto, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, get ready. No, for real. Uh, no, get ready for August, guys. Big transition. Aliens in the sky. But when you look this way, there's another narrative going on this way. So get ready. It's coming. Get ready, guys. And with the greatest time in human history already upon us, we've got a product to correspond with that. Here is Merlin, the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. 
go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. And abs, uh, uh, today is a, a historic milestone day uh, for Merlin. We will be launching Merlin today to the, uh, there'll be a beta being launched to the 3T Academy. So if you're in the Academy, you will get the first access to Merlin and it will be happening today. So we are super, super excited. If you're in the Academy and you signed up for this. Sure. Part, right. Yes. And then once this is done, then we'll start tranching it out to people. So we are super, super excited. Get on that wait list, folks. If you want first access, once we launch it publicly uh, to everybody, if you're on the wait list, you'll have a shot. Sign up on the link below and get ready to smart uh, track your crypto the smartest way you can. Boy, I completely yeah. I, let me rephrase that. We <laughs> totally crypto. messed that up. Track your crypto. <laughs> hey, that's what not. Hey, hey, Jeremy. Now you know how that's what Johnny does when he's when we're making the instructional videos and they have to like flip around the AI. <laughs> he says it backwards <laughs> like that. <laughs> awesome guys, and believe it or hey, not, guys, hey, real quick, Abs. I just want Johnny to answer this question real quick. Hey guys, so we posted the. Uh, if you go to the Merlin website now, go to www.merlincrypto.com. We have our pricing programs and uh, plans up there. You'll be able to see the feature sets, everything you get. And we have a monthly and annual price. Um, so we have a – our monthly price will be eighteen eighty eight, And if you sign up on an annual basis, then you'll get a 10% discount. So it's sixteen ninety nine. And then, too, if you're a warrior, you make sure that you join the wait list using your warrior email, and then you'll get an additional uh, um, 25% discount. 25% discount. Thank you so, so much, guys. Too. And we're going to get right back into this thing, but we got 450 people here. Show us some love, support, smash that like button. And no, Johnny is not talking in a dark room. That's just a problem with the camera. And we're going to get right into this article here. As Mark Cuban is criticizing the SEC's approach in the Ripple versus SEC case, and specifically how the SEC is criticizing the judge's ruling. Earlier this week, the SEC publicly disagreed on the ruling they received from Judge Torres, stating they were actively reviewing the decision. Respectively, those portions of Ripple were wrongfully decided, and this court should not follow them, said the SEC. The SEC staff is considering the various available avenues for further review and intends to recommend that the SEC seek such a review. Johnny Crypto, that's a politically correct way of saying not only do we disagree, we're going to appeal. And so Mark Cuban honestly responded. I'm going to read this brief response and kick it right back to you, Johnny. Cuban criticized the securities watchdog for referring to every buyer as an investment in their filing. The billionaire argued that that's not the case with Ripple, and they made that clear. Securities have a purpose to be a security, and for DeFi or a, sex, a CEX buyer, it's impossible to know what a buyer buys. But it is possible to look at the blockchain and see where the transactions based on the utility of the token. What does that mean? XRP is not a security, but there are specific applications where it does register or qualify as so. So, Johnny, what do you take? We haven't gotten your opinion. Are you anticipating an SEC appeal? And if so, do they have a leg to stand on? Well, you know, so this is the interesting thing, and this is why I've been saying from day one that crypto needs real regulation. Because when you think of a stock and a security, when you buy a piece of a stock, you actually own a piece of the company, right? And if that company went out and they offered its stock out on the prem premises of making money and raising the price that you benefit, then that's a security. There's no question about how that's defined, right? Now, the thing that makes crypto tricky is when I or you or Jeremy or anybody buys XRP, you know how much Ripple you own of the company Ripple? Zero. Zero. So it's a completely different ballgame in terms of 
the connection to the company and the company benefiting in it going up versus the technology of the crypto, the blockchain, and then the value of the cryptocurrency, which is completely not even tied to what the company company could be working on something completely different. But they released this technology that now relies not on the company, but for example, other things like maybe a bank to pick up the X, the ODL technology, right? So it's a very, very unique uh, situation. And I think the SEC is going to potentially try to appeal it. But as Jeremy Hogan said, I think they're going to have a hard time winning that appeal, number one. And number two, remember this, Abs, if they lose that appeal, all they did was screw themselves even more. Because currently, the ruling is sitting at the lowest level of court that it can be. And that's what we call a federal court or a district court. If you go to the next level, that's an appellate court level. That ruling holds more weight than just a single judge. So you got to ask yourself the question, if you're the SEC, do you really want to risk losing your power? To me, I'm not so sure they would. The only thing that scares me, and I'll leave you with this. Yep. If the SEC does appeal, knowing the implication of how big it is if they lose it, they're probably not going to appeal unless they think they can win. And that's the part that worries me. Because if they do appeal, it means somewhere they have a good feeling that they can win the appeal. And Johnny Crypto, just to put a positive spin on it, basically what you said is even if the SEC appeals, it could still be best case scenario for Ripple. And Gonzo, I'm going to read a couple of lines here and kick it straight back to you, my friend. The lack of regulatory clarity is pushing crypto outside of the United States. And Ripple already has partnerships in China, Singapore, Japan, the European Union, and they've now filed for a financial conduct authority license in the United Kingdom. So the question I have for you is while the SEC is deciding how much money they can put in their pockets before the Ripple lawsuits behind them, the rest of the world is moving forward, signing partnerships and building out real-world use cases. Do you think if the SEC doesn't act, we're going to see Ripple and other companies not only IPO overseas, but actually bring most of their business outside of the United States? Um, so I'll address that in a second. I just wanted to add something to like on top of what Johnny said. You know, Deaton's talked about this, where the SEC likes to skip over the common enterprise part of the Howey test, right? And so when it comes to common enterprise, when it comes to the Howey test, and like you remember the orange groves, it's the whole group that either makes money together or they lose money together, but it's all one entity, right? And all you have to do is look at XRP, and Deaton talked about this, and depending on what you do with your XRP, like people that took their XRP and got loans first in Celsius, right? They lost their XRP because that's what they decided to do with it. Whereas maybe us that didn't do anything with our XRP, we still have our XRP. So you lose that kind of common thing where depending on what you do with your XRP is depending on whether you lose it, whether you make money or you lose money. Uh, and then back to your question was, what was it again? I'm sorry, Abs. <clears throat> Shoot, I really don't remember. I was doing something else in the background. It had to do with like off. going offshore, like companies going offshore. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Is is the SEC going to be forced to act? Because obviously they're focused on winning this lawsuit, getting the most, uh, I guess, the best public opinion possible. What we're seeing with Ripple, and we're going to see it with other companies, is not only are they beginning to, to create headquarters overseas in Ireland, Japan, the UK, but now they're also applying to IPO. And I think that's something that other companies could do very quickly. Do you agree that if the SEC doesn't change their stance within the next 12 months, we're going to see a bunch of crypto companies not only IPO overseas, but take most of their business away from the United States? Um, I think that's already happening. I, I think that ship has already sailed. I think we've already seen that happen. The only question now is, is the U.S. going to be able to catch up? 
because we're already seeing with the UK and Nika, Singapore has been the most friendly. You even have Hong Kong, right? They, they made that announcement where they want these companies. I think that thing has already started. And like you said, you've got companies that are already building headquarters in London. And Raul Paul talked about this, where this happened, I think it was in the 90s when it came to, uh, uh, I forgot what the uh, investment vehicle was, but there was no clarity here. And so the UK gave clarity and all the companies like Goldman Sachs and all of them, they all opened London offices, right? And then the US kind of had to play catch up. So I, I think we'll, we're going to see the same thing here. I think that's already happening or it's already happened. And it's just a matter of, is the U.S. going to be able to close the gap? Or are we just going to see these headquarters out in the U.K. and other places? Uh, and then we kind of just lose out on that revenue in the U.S. Absolutely, Gonzo. And a big breaking news story out of Singapore this morning. As the Singapore High Court has declared that crypto is property and will be treated as so. But I want to get the live chat involved here, guys. If you get over 300 likes on this video, we did make a promise to our listeners. Johnny Crypto owes us a cannonball in the lake, but we're not getting there yet. So with that being said, Jeremy, I just wanted to get some closing remarks. With Singapore and other countries considering uh, digital assets to not be securities, do you believe it's only a matter of time until the SEC follows suit? I... <sighs> To be honest, I don't know. It it just all depends on what their their into motive is. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, if so, so it does make sense that if a lot of other places are doing that, that can create precedence, and then we can utilize that. To say, okay, this is what we're going to be doing moving forward. But I don't know what the end goal is. If the end goal is to recreate and regulate the financial institutions and and build a whole new. A, a whole new chain underneath our financial infrastructure, then I can't see them just following suit. It just, if, if we're trying to create something new and we're trying to create something that we want, then it doesn't make sense to me that they're just going to follow suit, but it is always a possibility. Thank you. Yeah, you're, catch, you're catching some heat here because I think uh, you can see here from one of our listeners, they're holding you to the gun here. <laughs> about this cannonball. Yeah. Promise us cannonball if ripple wins. Yes, that is correct. I did promise that and stick around this week. One of these days. He's going to do it on Friday. I'm going to make him you do it. Friday. It's Friday. My camera's off, so it's hard to get you guys' attention. But what I did say was if Johnny will do a cannonball this episode, if we get to 300 likes, but a cannonball is 100% coming by Friday. And with 450 live listeners here, this is how we're going to close out the episode. An update from Ch from John Deaton discussing the Howie test and how Charlie Gasparino has this entire Ripple narrative backwards. People want me to attack Charlie because of his position stuff. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to, because Charlie said that he was talking to security lawyers, right? This is in his article where he says that he's spoken to SEC folks who brought the case. And he said he was talking to these securities lawyers and not a security lawyer that he talked to um, held, believed that the judge would be affirmed on appeal. And so my challenge isn't to Charlie, it's to those lawyers. How about you come out of the shadows? Come not off the record, but on the record. How about you do that? How about you come on the crypto law, right? Quit hiding behind the shield of off the record and come talk. I'll, I'll meet you anywhere, any place, anytime, as long as it's live TV where it can't be edited. And we'll have the debate 
and we'll have the discussion. You want to call Judge Torres's decision crazy, bizarre? Let's talk about it. We know you won't, right? Because I got news for the world out there. When you get picked to be the SEC chairman, when you get picked to be the director of corporation and finance, it's not because you're the most experienced securities lawyer in the world. It's because you got political connections, right? When Trump picked Clayton, it was because of Clayton's connections, period, period. He was Mr. Wall Street. Rolling Stone magazine called Clayton the most conflicted SEC chair in American history. Gary Gensler's not a lawyer. How come he's the chair? Is it because he knows securities law so well? He wouldn't know a security if it bit him in his butt. And we know that. How many <laughs> How many times does Gary Gensler get up there and talk about, oh, it's speculation and it has no intrinsic value? Read Howie. Howie tells you that it doesn't have to have intrinsic value. Howie tells you that speculation alone is not enough. Okay, but Gary Gensler was the chief financial officer of Hillary Clinton's campaign. He is heavily connected to the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party won the and we don't typically get political on this channel, so I'm going to keep it PG here. But one of the things that's undeniable is that he was working for Hillary's campaign. And I do think that played a role in him being an elected official for the SEC. Johnny, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. John Deaton's energy reminded me of yours. I'm not going to lie. That is Johnny Crypto energy. He was fired up during this clip. What do you take away? Does he have ground to stand on? Of course, we're supporters of John Deaton on this channel, but try to be unbiased. Do you think John Deaton's correct? Or are there lawyers out there that genuinely believe she got the ripple ruling incorrect. I'll tell you what, somebody certainly lit a fire under his ass. I loved every moment of it. I was agreeing with him the whole time. He is so spot on, been saying it all the time. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And I totally agree with Deaton. Any of those SEC guys who are coming out and saying that, you know, that's going to get appealed or overturned, you know, come on out, have a conversation with us, come out from the shadows and tell us what you really think. I'd love to see them come out and either. Go on the Good Morning Crypto Show or go on the John Deaton Show and tell us what you really feel. But, Abs, guess what? I'll promise you something right now. It's never going to happen. Those guys are going to stay in the shadows. They're not going to come out. But at the end of the day, I still think that the appeal, if they do appeal, I think they're going to lose it. And I think uh, XRP is going to walk away with the win in this. Jerry, hey, can I add something real quick? Um, so I wanted to add that one of the, the best things that you can do when it comes to like political offices is you can go and research that specific role. And whether it's Wikipedia or somewhere else, it will list all of the people that were chairs or in charge of that responsibility and the people that were a part of it for years and years and years and years. And if you just look at them, where they came from on every single role, it is hands down 100 percent always because they were connected to somebody else. And that is how those roles happen. Yeah. Like that's not some type of conspiracy. It's just that it's who you know. And then as you know that person, if you have some type of qualification, they will put you in that role. And that's how all political parties work. So I just wanted to add that. You make a great it's point. Abs. It's not what you know. It's, who it's you always know. who you know. And if you're talking about who Gary Gensler knows, that would be the founders of Ethereum as well. And one of the things we're yet yep. to discuss is ETHgate and what could be around the corner for one of the most successful projects in the cryptocurrency space. We got 440 live listeners here, Johnny. We're not going to get to 300 likes, so you're lucky you don't have to backflip today. But there's a lot of news we can get into in the episode. 
And what I'd like to focus on is this article you sent last night, Johnny, the fact that the sky is the limit for crypto as a multi-trillion dollar earthquake is set to hit this market with the launch of many ETFs, including American, but we can talk global here. I just want to get a broad spectrum because we only have a couple of minutes left with the world shifting into digital assets. Is this bear market behind us, Johnny Crypto? Well, I mean, that's a great question because I think there's always going to be bull and bear markets, Ab. So I don't want people to think we're never going to go through a bear market in crypto. But what I do think is that we might have seen as close to the lows or pretty close to the lows of a crypto market. And I'm talking about market cap wise of money flowing into it. I think we hit as low as $800 billion in the low a few months ago, maybe about six months ago. So the reality is, I just think that there is 80 to 95% so much huge upside left to go and, and maybe five, 10% downside to go, if that makes sense. And if you read that article, you'll see that they're talking about, a uh, you know, the market going as high as $20 trillion, which I think, you know, right now we're sitting at 1 trillion. So that's a 20 X to come in the actual market cap. Now, what that really means is in some of the cryptos, you're talking way beyond 20x, right? 10x, you know, 50x, 100x are going to be some of the big ones. I mean, could be some of the bigger, large numbers. And then you're going to have some smaller ones too. But to me, what it really says, Abs, is boy, put your damn seatbelt on, baby, because there's a rocket ship about to take off in this whole space when crypto becomes mainstream in the whole world, including your grandmother knows what it is. Absolutely, Gonzo. And the last topic I'd like to talk about for today is we showed an article on Monday discussing how by 2030, 100% of, of global citizens, citizens of Earth, will know about crypto. And it's articles like these that are going to lead to that adoption. With Fed now launching their product or their service earlier this week, we also have Elon Musk announcing that his Twitter, his new app that was Twitter and is now X, will begin the implementation of cryptocurrency in the future. And these are the types of articles that the regular retail investor gets activated by. When the average person who works in an average job reads that they're going to be able to buy crypto through Twitter, they think that's the catalyst for growth. And although it's not, it is a catalyst for mass adoption. So I'd like to hear if you agree. Number one, is this a big catalyst for cryptocurrency if X adds the, the actual assets? And number two, will 100% of global citizens be aware of crypto by 2030? Um, I, as far as like the awareness of cryptocurrency, uh, I don't know about everybody on the planet, but I, I think, uh, it, it is going to go mainstream by 2030, right? Like it, it's going to be like any other technology as it evolves. And then as far as like, is it a, is it a, uh, I forgot the word you use, but, uh, as far as like Dogecoin and, 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 and what Elon Musk is doing, catalyst. I think Dogecoin, yeah, catalyst as a catalyst for all crypto. I think for right now, it's a catalyst for Dogecoin. And it's funny because show me the chart and I'll tell you the news. The, the Dogecoin chart was prime, right, for a movement. And so now we get this news. I don't, I'm not looking at the price action right now, but I promise you it, it's going to start running, seven right? Is that seven cents? No, it's not even It should start running. Yeah, it should start running. But overall, like if he brings crypto to Twitter, uh, you think about all the people that are on Twitter and now have the access. So yeah, it's extremely bullish for Twitter, uh, not Twitter, for, for cryptocurrency and its adoption overall. <clears throat> Thank you, Johnny. Now you can talk. Hey, Abs, there was a great question that came up in the chat that, that I just wanted to address, and it's all the way up there, so I don't, I'm just going to say. So the question was, since the appeal 
is kind of we don't know the outcome of that what that is or if they're going to appeal the question was you know is that going to hold some uncertainty over uh xrp and will it hold it back and so that's a question we've been um hearing for a while now here it is right here i think it's a great question abs and i know we have a little time left so i'll just say that the way to think about it is right now this is the law so for the next two years until we get some some ruling that overpeals uh overrules the appeal this is what it's going to be and i don't think it's going to get held back but that's my eight cents thank you so much guys and we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests thank you to jeremy thank you to johnny and thank you to gonzo aka super g and we got 440 live listeners smash that like button we'll see you tomorrow and like we always say warriors